All right, Shabbosai, good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Shvat to thank the Elba Mishpacha for dedicating all the Sherman Drushals this month in memory of beloved husband and father Jerry Yaakov Koppel ben Avram Menachem, to thank Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Sherman Drushals this month in loving memory of Avi Strimber, Avram ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Moshin and Ellen Givant, in the merit of Anne Ellen's mother, Nechama Bas Shalom Yitzchok, and Mr. Larry Sufness, in memory of his beloved wife, Tanya, Yona Bas Yaakov. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. Now, boys, with that, let us begin. So we have, we have a lot to do today, a lot of incredible Gemara. We have to finish up a little bit of Agarata first, and then some really fascinating halacha concerning carbon Pesach. So, boys, today's daf is Samach Zion 67. 67, thank you. Everyone, Zoom, everybody hears me all right still? Excellent, good. So today's daf is 67. Samech Zayn, we are picking up on Samech Babam at base 66b. And we are picking up, we are picking up actually with the last of the shortest lines. Vi'im Navi. So remember again, Reish Lakish was talking about the destructive power of Kas. That when a person gets angry, um, well, we first started speaking about Gaiba, then Reish Lakish says, if a person gets angry, a person gets consumed by Kas, Ultimately, again, his wisdom evaporates. If he's a chacham, if he's wise, his wisdom evaporates. And if he's a navi, his nevuah, his prophecy leaves him. So the Gemara gave the example of chachma from Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu gets upset at the Jewish people in the aftermath of the war with Midian. And as a result, it is not Moshe who conveys the halachos of Heksher Kalim, the halachos of Kashring utensils, but rather it is Elazar HaKohen. So the Gemara understands why wasn't it Moshe? It's because Moshe Rabbeinu got upset. And I both say, obviously that, that, that's intuitive. Anger, anger is an all, anger is an all-consuming midah. Right? Anger, when a person gets angry, it blocks out everything else. There's no room for chachma. There's no room for wisdom wherever there is anger. So that's Moshe Rabbeinu. And if he's a prophet and he allows himself to be overrun by the midah of anger, so his prophecy departs from him. Where do we know that from? Me'elisha. From the Navi Elisha. Then I will say, the Gemara over here is referencing the story in Navi where the king Yehoram, who was, well, actually, let's see. Tichsev viato, I'm sorry, tichsev lulei pnei Yehoshaphat melech Yehuda aninose im abit elecha v'im eraka. So this was talking about an alliance that occurred between Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda, with Yehoram, the king of Yisrael. They united forces in order to fight against Moab and other nations, Edom. So, Elisha, when he's referring ultimately to Yehoram, he says, literally, were it not for the fact that Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda, was here, I would not even look upon your face. So the Navi was so angry at Yehoram. Now, I will say, what I want to point out over here is something amazing. This is justifiable anger, meaning Yehoram, was, Yehoram wasn't a good person. So the, the, Navi, the Navi is resentful about the fact that there has to be a strategic alliance between Yehuda and Yisrael. And nevertheless, what happens? Uksiv, 
Biato kichuli minagain and then what happens right afterwards so Elisha says call for me a musician in order that the spirit of God will rest upon me you see this by the way Elisha is not the only one who did this that sometimes when the Nevi'im needed the spirit of God to rest upon them they would utilize music that music music was a way which, which I will say now I want to point out it's not the music it's the serenity that the music engenders in order to have a prophetic moment, one must be in a, in a state of inner equilibrium, right? One must be in a state of inner tranquility. That's the Ruach Hashem only rests upon someone who is in a good space. So it's not the pshat that the music brings the Ruach Hashem, but rather the, the, the music often puts a person in the state where they're capable of being makabal the Ruach Hashem. But I, will say, but I want to point out over here is that the fact that he needed the musician to put him in a state of tranquility, to invite the Ruach Hashem upon him, the Gemara sense indicates to us that Elisha lost his nevuah, at least temporarily. And why did he lose his nevuah? Well, the Gemara attributes it to the fact that he got angry at Yehoram, the king of Israel. Well, see, I just want to point out over here as well, you see that at least in the case of Yoshua, it's justifiable anger. In other words, it's not anger necessarily, irrational anger or unjustifiable anger. What Reish Lakish is pointing out over here is the destructive nature of the Mida of Kas. Kas, anger itself is destructive, even if it's warranted, right? Well, see, we saw in Sidkas Atzadik, we saw in Sidkas Atzadik, in Osmem Vav, or, yeah, Os, or Osmem Zayin, we spoke about this idea that even terrible character traits can be used in constructive ways. Is there a constructive use for Kas? Is there a constructive use? Yes. But I will say, what is Rish Lakish saying? And this is, this is an incredible Musr. Sometimes, even when you use negative traits in a constructive way, there's collateral damage. Others are both said, there are times in life where I have to do something that is difficult. It has to get done, but there is going to be collateral damage. And even though there's going to be collateral damage, it's still the right thing to do. But there is going to be collateral damage. It's an incredible musr, because sometimes we erroneously assume that if you're doing the right thing, everything should just fall into place. Life doesn't work that way. Many times I have to do the right thing, but there's going to be turbulence and there's going to be damage. There's going to be damage as a result of doing the right thing. It could be that cause may be warranted. There are times where you're supposed to get angry. Like you started with Tzadik, right? Even the example of Elisha. But just until whenever you utilize the midah of kas, even if being utilized in the right way, there's going to be some level of damage which occurs. That's the nature of the destructiveness of, it's almost like fire. Hey, to say, so there are, there are, if you think about this, just a moment, then you have to go on. If you think about this, so there are plenty of constructive ways of using fire. But there's one common thing. Whenever you use fire, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Something is destroyed. Right? So you might be burning, you might be burning wood to make a fire in your home or to cook. That, that's, that's fine. You ha- something will be destroyed. There is no such thing as the use of fire when everything remains intact. It doesn't happen. There is no such thing as the, there are times when chaos is purposeful and necessary, but it's always going to destroy something. Incredible. So the Gemara goes by, Tamra I'm, I'm sorry, Amr Rabbi, Amr Rani, Rami, Amr Rabbi, Mani, Bar Patish, Kol Shekoes, Afilu Poskan, Love Gidula, and Hashem, Maridin, also. We'll say, not only that, so Rabbi Mani comes along and says, when a person gets angry, even if it's been ordained from above that they should ascend to greatness, 
they're brought down. I will say this is incredible as well. That if even if Minashamayim, it's been ordained that a person is Ola greatness is in my stars, right? Not my stars, no, greatness is in my destiny. If I allow myself to succumb to the Mida of Kas, then I lose, I lose that opportunity. I lose that. I lose that Gedula. And I just want to point, let, let's, we'll, we'll give the example that Amir Tzashem will, will go ahead and, and, and explain it. So where do we know this from? May Eliav, Shenemar, Vayichar Av Eliav Bidavid, Vayomer Lama Zeyaranata, Vayamina Tashta Ma'at Hatzon, Hahina Bamidbar, and Yadati Es Zedoncha, Vesrol Lubavcha, Kilaman Raos Hamilchama Yaradata. We'll say, see, now watch this. So Eliav was David HaMelech's older brother. So the context over here is, remember, David HaMelech's older brothers were soldiers. Were soldiers. And ultimately, again, they go ahead and they are fighting a battle against the Plishtim. David's father, David's father sent him with provisions for his older brothers. So what occurs when Eliav, and David, after, even, even after he goes ahead and delivers the provisions, is kind of loitering around a little bit. So what happens? Eliav snaps at his younger brother. He snaps at him and says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Why are you loitering around? Who's watching the sheep? I know that you're just here to look for trouble. You're just here because you're a nudnik. You want to see what's going on. Get out of here. So we'll say, so what happens? Now watch, watch how the story plays out. So, and now remember, fast forward a little bit. God tells Shmuel, one of the sons of Yishai is going to be king. There's only one little piece of information that Hashem leaves out, which is, which son? Which son? Yishai had a number of sons. So what happens? So Shmuel goes down to the house of Yishai. And listen to this. He goes through son by son by son. Son by son by son. So what happens? As he goes through each son, so he hears a voice of Hashem that says, Hashem has not chosen this one. Or Shmuel says, Hashem has not chosen this one. Yet when it comes to Eliav, so Hashem says a different message. He says, Don't look to his appearance, to his stature, because Hashem has decided he does not want this one. Now, now, now interestingly enough, the fact that it says by Eliav, don't look at his, at his Mareu, as his countenance, or at his stature, indicates to us, that, and it doesn't say that about any of the other sons, it indicates to us, that we can infer from that, that Eliav was in the running. He was in the running. So the fact that his countenance and his stature were so noticeable, indicates, as I will say, we know that the king, the king, has to be handsome, and the king has to be tall, and the king has to, has to hold himself, has to conduct himself in a certain way. So the fact that Eliav is described this way indicates to us that he was in the running. So why did he lose out any possibility of being the king? Because he was angry. Because he, he succumbed to Kas. Now, I just want to point something out. Remember, remember, the Gemara is giving an example of how many times did Eliav get upset? Get, how many times did he get angry? Once. Now, maybe he got angry more than once. Just like maybe Elisha got angry. So I just want to point out all of these examples of people getting angry. Like Moshe Rabin, okay, maybe, maybe Moshe Rabin gets angry twice. Right? Maybe. Once by Midian, once by the cellar. Maybe. Maybe, right? Maybe a th- we were talking about on a hand, Elisha, how many times? Eliav, how many times? But also, what you begin to see, and especially this last piece over here, Raymond is saying that 
if a person is meant for greatness, but they succumb to the meat of kas, that greatness is removed from them. Why? Because to accomplish great things in life, I must be an even-keeled person. When a person succumbs to kas, what they are showing, what they are highlighting is, they do not possess full, complete emotional stability. And if you want to accomplish great things in life, because Baruch Hu wants to give you the reins of greatness, there must be emotional stability. Without emotional stability, it's very hard to get traction because that emotional stability, you don't necessarily have a lot of the things that you, and I don't mean emotion, I don't mean that a person gets angry is emotionally unstable in a clinical sense. I'm talking about over here just why Chazal is so hyper-focused on anger. And what and ultimately again what Rabbi Mani is saying is even if Akadosh Baruch Hu ordained that you're going to be great, but you succumb to anger, they take away the greatness. Because if there's not a sense of stability, if there's not a certain sense of being even killed, Kalish Baruch Hu says, I can't rely on you to execute great things. Incredible. So both says go weiter. Ashkichon Tamidu Pesach the Dachu Shabis the Dachu Tumunas so we're gonna be in a very interesting discussion. I understand that, oh, that's funny. When she, you know, when I look at this, there's a delay on this, right? I got very nervous there for just a moment. I thought I was living in a parallel universe. Yeah, okay, good. So the, the Gemara says as follows. So the, the Gemara says, we've now found, Ashkechon Tamidu Pesach, the Dachu Shabbos. The Dachu Tumimunah. So we'll say, we've established already in yesterday's daf that both Tamid and Pesach are Docha Shabbos. So that we've established. Now, but where, from where do we know that your docha tumah? So we'll say, we're going to get into this tumah discussion, but don't worry, it's a good, it's one of the good tumah discussions, right? How do I know that carbon Pesach and, and carbon Tamid are docha Shabbos? I'm sorry, docha tumah. Omri, ki heichid yolif Pesach mi Tamid le'inyan Shabbos, ha'chinami yolif Tamid mi Pesach le'inyan tumah. To which the Yemari answers the same way that we learn out. Pesach from Tamid. That just as Tamid is Docha Shabbos, so to Pesach is Docha Shabbos. So we'll make an opposite limud. We'll learn out Tamid from Pesach Le'inyan Tumah. And just like Pesach is Docha Tumah, so to Tamid is Docha Tumah. Very nice. But Pesach Gufe Minalan. But again, where do I know Pesach itself? From where do I know that Pesach is Docha Tumah? Am Rabbi Yochanan, the Amr Ish Ish Kiet Tamid Nefesh. Because we'll say when the Torah speaks about carbon Pesach, and sorry, Pesach Sheni, and the ability, if for some reason you are Tomei, and you were unable to offer up by Pesach Rishon, you could go ahead and offer up a carbon Pesach by the makeup date a month later. So the Lushan that it uses is Ish Ish, if a person will be Tomei, to which the Gemara Darshans, Ish Nidchel Pesach Sheni, an individual could be delayed to Pesach Sheni, mm-hmm. but the Tzibor, which means also that the congregation of Israel, Cloud Israel, cannot be delayed to Pesach Sheni, but rather, if you have a situation where Halacha 51% or more of the Jewish people are Tomei, they offer Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. So we'll say very interesting Limud. By Pesach Sheni, the Pesach says, Ish, Ish, individuals. Individuals are pushed off to Pesach Sheni, but the Tzibur is never pushed off to Pesach Sheni. If more than 51%, the majority of Kalei Yisrael Tamei, so then they offer up the carbon Pesach, Bitoma on Pesach Rishon. Well, maybe means something else. I'll agree with your drush of Ish Ish, that only individuals could be deferred to Pesach Sheni, but maybe if the Tzibur is Tamei, maybe the Tzibur has no recourse. 
Maybe the tzibur, if they're tummy, can't offer up on Pesach Rishon or Pesach Sheni. Rather, Reish Lakish gave a different source. How do I know that Pesach is Dochet Tumal? Mihacha. Vaishalchum in Amachana, called Tsarua, the Cholzav, the Chol Tamila Nefesh. Both sides, the Pasik says over here that they will send away, right? Tzavis Bene Yisrael, Vishalchum in Amachana, command the Jewish people, tell them to send away every Tsarua's Tsaras. Zov, an individual suffered an emission. The Chol Tamila Nefesh. Tamila Nefesh means Tumas Mace. Anyone who has exposure to corpse tumah. So Yomar Tomei Mason Val Yomar Zavim Mitzoran. So we'll say, this is the halach of Shiluach Minamachana. Now, we're going to get into this in just a little bit. It's actually quite fascinating. Different forms of tumah require different, I'll call it, levels of exile. So sometimes, so in other words, every time you're Tomei, you have to leave something. How far out you have to go, how far your exile extends, ultimately depends on the level of Tumos. Here the Torah is telling me that if somebody is a Metzora, a Zav, or a Tamimes, the Nefesh, corpse Tumah, you have to leave the Machana, you have to leave the camp. Now what that means, which camp, we're going to talk about in just a moment. So the Gemara So let the Torah just tell me that the concept of Shiluach applies to Tzmei Mesim, and there's no need to say Zav in a Metzoran. Why Rabosai? If you look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Zavon Mitzran, last Rashi, Chamur Mitme Mesim, Shahari Tuma Yotzale Migufam. So I'll say, I want to point out something very interesting, which is we're going to see now, not all forms of Tuma are created the same. Now we already know this, but interestingly enough, when you put these three together, Tumas Mes is going to be the most lenient. Above that next lenient is Zav. And then the most severe will be Mitzorah. Again, we'll fill in a couple of other forms of Tum in that as well. So the Gemara says, all the Pasuk needs to tell me is that somebody who's Tamei Meis needs to be sent away from the camp. And I would say, once someone who's Tamei Meis has to be sent away, then certainly what? Then certainly what? Zavin and Mitzorah have to be sent away as well. And I would say that if a Tamei Meis has to be sent out of the camp, then certainly Zavon and Metzoran have to be sent out as well. Top of Samech Zayin, says the Gemara, Eli yesh lecha sha'ah she'zavon and Metzoran mishtalchin, ve'in t'mei meisim mishtalchin. So we'll say, fascinating drasha, says Yesh Lakish. Rather, what is the Pazik teaching me? That there is a time where Zavon and Metzoran will be sent out, but those who are t'mei meisim will not. We'll say, when is that? Ve'eza, ze'eza, ve'eza, ze'e Pesach ha'ba'a betumah, they both say that'll be, a, that'll be a Pesach where 51% of Klav Yisrael are Tomei, Tomas Meis, they don't have to leave. They could offer up the carbon Pesach, but yet those who are Zavon and still have to leave. So I both say, so Reish Lakish, so remember, everybody's agreeing with the core principle, which is that Pesach is Doche Tuma. They're all agreeing with that. The Shaila right now is, where do you learn that out from? But what I do want to point out is something very interesting over here, that Reish Lakish is the first one who is explicitly saying that the concept that you could, that the Tzibar could offer up Pesach in a state of Tumah is only Tumas Meis. It's only Tumas Meis. So for example, if the majority of Klai's will be doing to become Zavin or Mitzorain, there's no offering up Pesach in that context. Right? It's only it's only Tomas Mace. We'll see, we'll see that further clarified in just a moment. Amrabaye. Sabai says, well, Shlagish, if you're right, Ihachi, Lema, Lema Nami, Lema Nami, Yomar Zov Utme Mesim, Val Yomar Mitzorah. If that's the case, the Pasuk could have just mentioned Zov and Tme Mesim, by the Halach of Shiluach Minamach, and I send away from the camp, and you don't have to say Mitzorah. 
Vani Omer al says follows Zov Mishtaleach Mitzor Lakol Shekin. If a Zov is sent out from the camp because of his Tumah, then it goes without saying that a Mitzorah should be sent out. El Yishlecha Shah Shemitzorah in Mishtalchin, Vein Zov in Mishtalchin. And I could have said there's a time where Mitzorah are sent out, but maybe Zovin and Tmei Mesim are not. And when would be that time that Zavan and Tmei Mason don't have to leave the camp of their time? This refers to Pesach, where Claudius was in a state of Tumor. So we'll say Abai counters back, and he says, maybe, maybe, according to you, the exclusion for communal Tumor is not just about Tumas Meis, but could also be about Zav as well. Not Saras, because as we're going to see in just a moment, Saras is a more severe form of Tumah, but maybe the exemption for communal Tumah should be both Zav as well as Tumas Meis. Maybe you'll say, ah, that's a good chap. You're right, maybe that is the case. That's not true. I'll tell you why. Vatnan, Pesach lo yochlu mimenu Zavim v'Zavos, nidos v'yoldos. And what does the Mishnah say? That when you have a situation of Klal Yisrael, 51% of Klal Yisrael are Tamei Tumas Meis, we offer up the carbon Pesach in a state of communal Tumah. But even then, there's an important halacha. Individuals, Zavim, Zavos, Nidos, Yoldos, women who gave birth, are not permitted to partake of the carbon Pesach. The halacha... I just want to point out, just as an aside, there's another machlokis that we will deal with, which will have ramifications on this as well, which is the notion of tumahutra betzibar, tumaduchuya betzibar. Right? What happens when 51% of Klav Yisrael is tamay tumas meis? Is it that the laws of tumah are just fundamentally suspended? They don't exist? Or that, no, they exist, but essentially we allow people to transgress. So we'll discuss that. But in any event, the Gemara says quite explicitly that license to consume carbon Pesach in a state of Tumah is very specifically re- reserved for Tumas Meis, not for other forms of Tumah. Al-Amr Abaye, rather Abaye says, I prefer to go back to what I said before, or to what was said before. Al-Amr Abaye, the Olam Mikra Kama. Rather Abaye says, I believe that we have to go ahead and learn it out from the original Pasuk, which Abosai was what? Remember, that was the Shita, that was the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan, who said, Ish, Ish. When the Pasuk speaks about Pesach Sheni, so what did the Pasuk say? Individuals. If an individual was Tameh and was unable to perform Pesach Rishon, he's permitted to go ahead and perform Pesach Sheni. So to which Rabbi Yochanan you said, you said, said, you see from here that only individuals are deferred to Pesach Sheni. The collective is never deferred. So if the collective, and collective as being defined by the majority, Becomes Tomei, they offer up the Pesach in a state of Tumah. So we'll say if that's the case, ultimately the Pasuk could just say, if an individual be Tomei, Lenefesh Lamali. But we'll say, why do I need, why do I need the word Lenefesh? Right, we'll say, remember again, I have this, the, the, the Pasuk in its entirety is, the Pasuk in its entirety is, So why doesn't it just say, Why do I need L'Nefesh? L'Nefesh, Lamali. So there's an obvious answer to that. Because of what we were just talking about. If it would have just said, 
Well, I, I don't know what. What don't I know? What type of tumor? What, what, what are you talking about? So, so ish ish ke tummy lenefesh. We'll say tummy lenefesh refers to very specific tumor, corpse tumor, and it's coming to teach me that it's only dafka tumas nais in which the congregation is able to offer up to carbon pesach in a state of tumor, but other forms of tumor. Cannot, you cannot go ahead and offer up the Quran Pesach in that state. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, before we get to that, the context of the Pasuk. Now maybe the Pasuk is teaching me like this, who is deferred to Pesach Sheni? Perhaps it's only someone who became Tame through Tomas Meis. Aval Shar Lo. But maybe people who become Tame with other forms of Toma are not deferred to Karban Pesach. But that's not true. Vatanya, we learned, So ultimately, again, one might have thought that the only people who could avail themselves of Pesach Sheni are people who contract corpse tumah. The Gemara says, Or someone who is too far away, because that's explicitly mentioned in the Pasuk. So we'll say, remember again, interestingly enough, the the ability or the right the, the opportunity for Pesach Sheni is given to anyone who was Tameh, irrespective of the source of your Tumah. So even if a person was a Zav or a Mitzora, Bali needless to say means a man who had relations with a woman who was a Nida, and therefore by definition contracts some level of Tumah as well. Minayin, so how do you know that these individuals, if they were Tameh at the time of Pesach Rishon, have the ability to utilize Pesach Sheni, Talmud Lomar, Ish Ish Lenefesh, Therefore, the Pasik, I'm sorry, ish ish. Therefore, the Pasik says ish ish. So, we'll say, here's what's interesting about the drasha. So, the way the Gemara is actually in the Pasik is like this ish ish tells me that what? Tells me that what? There are many, any form of tumma, right? Ish ish kiyatame, which means any any time that you were tame on Pesach Rishon, irrespective of the type of tumma you had, whatever type of tumma you had, that tumma precluded you from offering Pesach Rishon. You have the ability to avail yourself of Pesach Sheni. But still, Lenefesh the Kasev Rachmana Lamali. Why do I need Lenefesh? As Rabbi say again, if you're telling me that you could avail yourself of Pesach Sheni if you were tummy during Pesach Rishon, no matter what type of tumor you had, why do you need Lenefesh? As Rabbi say, what's the modifier there? What's the Lenefesh? Remember, when I see tummy Lenefesh, I automatically assume what does that refer to? Corpse tumor. That's Tumas Meis. But you're telling me now, so, now, so what does that mean? Only someone who was Tami Tumas Meis by Pesach Rishon has the right to avail themselves of Pesach Sheni. That's not true. That's not true. We're seeing that explicitly that's not true. No matter what your source of Tumah, if you are unable to offer a Pesach Rishon, you could offer a Pesach Sheni. In fact, that's what's being learned from the words Ish Ish. If that's the case, what's the Nefesh there for? So the Gemara says, Elahachi Kamar. Ish nitchel pesach sheni vein tzibur nitchel pesach sheni ela avdi bitoma. Rather, I will say the way after dash in the pasuk is like this: Ish ish comes to teach me, as we originally said, that what only individuals are deferred to pesach sheni. But if for some reason the congregation Klal Yisrael is tameh, remember the majority, fifty-one percent of Klal Yisrael is tameh. What's the halacha? They don't do carbon pesach sheni instead. They offer a Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. The Tzin Tzibor Nitchele Pesach Sheni, Ela Avdi Betumah. Avchi Avdi Tzibor Betumah, Betame Meis. But I will say, when the Tzibor goes ahead and performs Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah, that is only if 51% of the Tzibor is Tame with Tomas Tomas Meis, 
Aval Shar Tumas Lo Avdi. But if they are affected by other forms of Tumah, that will not allow them to offer up the Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. So we'll say, well, the way the Gemara is actually in the past is actually really quite fascinating. So it's Ish Ish Kietame Lanefesh. So we'll say, which is teaching me as follows. Ish Ish, first part of the Drasha, teaches me that only individuals ultimately again are allowed to, are deferred to Pesach Sheni, not the Tzibur, not the Tzibur. And therefore, if 51% of the Tzibur ultimately is Tameh, they offer a Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. But what type of Tumah? So then, then remember how the Pasuk flows, Ishish, Kiyat Tameh. So that Tameh, of course, teaches me that from an individual level, if you are Tameh, ultimately you have the ability to avail yourself of Pesach Sheni. But then what does Lenefesh teach me? Lenefesh actually doesn't teach me about Pesach Sheni. What does Lenefesh teach me about? Pesach Rishon. And it's going back actually on the Ish Ish. And it's going back and it's telling me that when we say that the Tzibur is not deferred to Pesach Sheni, because the Tzibur could offer up Pesach Rishon in a state of communal Tumah, that's only one very specific situation of Tumah, which is Lenefesh Tumas Meis. So 51% of Kali Yisrael is Tameh Tumas Meis, then Allah Chalamai said they offer up Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. But Rabbi said, just to understand, who's, if a person is Tameh, they're permitted to go and offer up Pesach Sheni. What type of Tumah allows you to offer up on Pesach Sheni? What type? Anything. Remember, on the Yachid level, any type of Tumah, which would preclude you from offering up Pesach Rishon, ultimately, again, allows you to offer up Pesach Sheni. So we'll say a dramatic limud. So I'm Chista, Mitzvah So we'll say, so now, now let's, now, so we've pretty much ironed that out, right? So Allah we will say, here are the facts we have. Number one, number one, if 51% of Kalal Yisrael is Tameh, we go ahead and we offer up Pesach Rishon in a state of Tumah. Because Pesach Sheni is only made, only designed for Yechidim, not designed for the collective. What type of Tumah, what type of communal Tumah can we offer up Pesach Rishon in? Only Tumas Meis. However, in Pesach Sheni, which is made for the individual, no matter what type of Tumah one contracted, which then prevented one from going ahead and offering up Pesach Rishon, ultimately, again, you could go ahead and offer up Pesach Sheni. So whether Tumas Meis, Zav, Mitzor, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. So we'll say now, we're going to go back and, and focus a little bit more on this concept of Shiluach. So remember, the Pasuk taught us before that we saw that if you're Tameh, you are sent out of the camp. We're going to qualify that a little bit. If a Mitzora went in, Lifnim Memechitsaso. So I'll say literally again, inside of the boundary. He's, he's expelled from the boundary, but he went inside of the boundary. And I will say, we're going to see in just a little bit, the Mitzora is expelled from the city. He must live outside of the confines of the city. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, what happens if Halacha he goes in, he enters into the city. Pater, ultimately again, he doesn't receive Malkus, which means he's in violation, but not in violation of a prohibition. Shneemar, Badad Yeshev Moshavo. Hakas of Nisko La'ase. So we'll say essentially a Masor is expelled, but if he violates his, uh, his quarantine, right? If he violates his quarantine, and he enters into the city, 
He doesn't get Malchus. Why not? Because actually he's in violation of a positive commandment, not of a prohibition. Okay. Eisvei, Metzorah shenichnas lifnim emichizaso. A Metzorah violates his quarantine and he comes inside of the city. Remember again, the Metzorah, his expulsion is from habitation. See, he has to live outside of the city. So if the Metzorah, but if the Metzorah violates his quarantine, he comes inside of, of, the, of the city. Ba'arboim, he gets 40 Malchus. 40 Malkus. So, right, 40 Malkus. Zavin v'zavo, sh'nech nesulif nimim ichitzas and arbon. Similarly, again, a zav and a zava, ultimately who come within their boundaries, right? They violate their quarantine. They also get Malkus. V'tamei meis, and tamei meis, mutter likaneis l'machan eleviyah. We'll say someone who's tamei tumas meis, ultimately again, could come into machan eleviyah. So let's talk about this in just a moment. So the Mitzorah is expelled from the city, right? That's the Mitzorah. If you look at Rashi, zav, it's the last short line in Rashi Zov. Michitsaso harabayis to asr li kanes b'machan alivia. But I'll say a Zov. So really, the Mitzora is expelled even from what we call machane. So remember again, we kind of take this model from the midbar. It's easy to visualize in the midbar, right? In the desert, in the middle of the mid, in the middle of the desert encampment. What did you have? You had the Mishkan machane shchina. Around the Mishkan, you had Machane Leviah, the Levitic camp. And then around Machane Leviah, you had Machane Yisrael, the rest of the tribes. So if you can imagine that model for just a moment. So the, so interestingly enough, the Mitzorah is expelled from Machane Yisrael. So if you could just imagine the, the visual right now. Right, so the Mitzorah is, is expelled from, from all habitation. Right, the Zav, we're going out of order here a little bit. The Zav is not permitted ultimately again in Machane Shechina. So the Zav, sorry, sorry, Machane Leviyah. So the Zav is not permitted to go ahead and go into Machane Leviyah. And ultimately again, the Tamei Meis is not permitted to go into Machane Shechina. So let me reverse the order a little bit. Tumas Meis, as I mentioned before, is the most lenient form of Tumah. You understand, I don't literally mean that, but when, when talking about Tumas Meis, Zav and Metzorah, Tumas Meis is the most lenient one. So for example, Tumas Meis, Talocha is, is not permitted to go ahead and enter into Machana Levia. Right? I'm sorry, I keep seeing this wrong. Tumas Meis is not permitted to enter into Machana Shechina. So Tumas Meis could go up to Machana Levia. Alright, after that, ultimately again, I have Zav. Zav is not permitted to enter into Machana Levia. One step down. And Mitzorah has to exist outside of Machane Yisrael. So we'll say, in a Beis HaMikdosh perspective, just to give you an idea about this, so, for example, somebody who's Tomei Tumas Meis is permitted to go onto Harabayis. They just cannot enter into the walls of the Beis HaMikdosh. Well, so this is actually incredibly important because this is part of the discussion about going up on Harabayis today. And even though, again, we are all Tomei Tumas Meis, there are, according to almost all the many opinions, areas on the Harabayis where one is permitted to walk around, even if a person is in a state of Tomas Meis. You're not permitted to enter into the confines of what is or what are the boundaries of the Beis Hamikdash, but on the periphery of Harabayis, one would be permitted to go, even if one was Tommy Tomas Meis. Okay, so just keep keep this in mind right now. So so Tomas Meis can go into Bach and Eshchina, but ultimately again could enter into Machana Leviyah. So Zov, Zov can't enter into Machana Leviyah, 
Mitzora expelled from Machane Yisrael. So the Gemara says, By the way, this is very interesting. Not only could someone who's Tamei Tumas Meis go into Machane Levi and Harabayis, but even a corpse itself could be brought up on Harabayis. Where do we see this from? That, that a corpse is permitted to be a Machane Levi. Get ready for this. So the Gemara says, Moshes Asmos Yosef Imo. Because watch this. Who took the remains of Yosef? Moshe. Where did Moshe live? Moshe lived in Machana Levia. So you see from here that Halacha even a corpse itself, is permitted to go ahead and come into Machana Levia. Pretty amazing. So the Gemara says, Tanahi, in reality, this is Machloka Yisrael. This Sanya, Badad Yeshev, Levado Yeshev. So the Pasik says that the Mitzorah is supposed to sit Badad. What is Badad? Levado, by himself. Why does it have to say that? Shalom, you temena cherub yoshvin imo. Because the say you might have thought that, you know what, let's go ahead and let's start the Tuma, Tuma community, right? A Tuma, a Tuma breakaway minion, right? We'll go ahead, we'll have all the Zavin, Mitzorah, everybody could be there together. No, the Mitzorah Bosai is not only a din in expulsion, but it's a din in isolation. So, Bada Yeshev the Mitzorah must be alone. Shalom, you temena cherub yoshvin imo. Yochel, you Zavin, u temea mesim mishtachel Because you might have thought, We'll say that Zavin and ultimately Tomei Mesim are sent out. Literally, Mishtalka means that their expulsion is the same. Talmud Lomar, Velo Yitamu Es Machanehim. Therefore, the Pasik says they shall not defile their camp. Litein Machane Lazeh, U Machane Lazeh, Div Rebbe Huda. We'll say, so the fact that it says their camps indicate to us that there's just like the Mitzorah separate, there's a camp for Zavin, and there's a camp for Tomei Mesim as well. So again, highlighting this idea that although Tomas Meis, Zav, and Mitzorah are all subject to Shiluach, to expulsion, their expulsion is different, right? For Tomas Meis, the expulsion is from Machane Shechina, from Zav, it's from Machane Levia, and for the Mitzorah, it's from Machane Yisrael. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Omer, says, you don't need this whole drasha. So the Gemara says, Harehu Omer, The Pasik says, they shall send from the camp, every Tzarua, every Zav, and every Tamil Nefesh. Yomar Tmei Meisa, Yomar Tmei Zav. The Pasik could just say, Tumas Meis, you don't have to bring in Zav. Why? Va'ani Omer, Tmei Meisim Mishtalchin, Zav and Lokol Shekin. But say, remember again, Zav is more Chamer than Tumas Meis. So therefore, let the Torah just say that Tumas, somebody who's Tamei Tumas Meis, is subject to Shiduach, subject to expulsion. And if Tumas Meis is subject to expulsion, all the more so Zav, Excuse me. But say to tell you that the expulsion of Zav is different than the expulsion of Tomas Meis. That where someone whose tummy Tomas Meis is expelled ultimately from Machane Shechina, someone who's a Zav is also expelled from Machane Levia. Fine. So let it just say Zav. And it doesn't have to say Mitzorah. That if a Zav is expelled, all the more so a Mitzorah is expelled. We'll say to teach me that even though a Zav is subject to expulsion, and then certainly a Mitzorah is subject to expulsion, 
that the Mesorah's expulsion is more severe than the Zav. Whereas the Zav is expelled ultimately again from Machane Leviyah, the Mitzorah is even has a greater intensity. He is expelled from Machane Yisrael, the general Jewish encampment. And I will say, but remember, as we said before, but if a Mitzorah violates his quarantine or violates his expulsion and comes back in to Machane Yisrael, there are no Malkus. There's no Malkus, but rather, again, he's simply in violation of an assay. So the Gemara says, so My Zav, Mitami Meis. We'll say, Why is Zav? Considered to be more chamer than Tumas Meis, shekain Tuma Yotze alav migufo. Because I will say, as opposed to Tumas Meis, which is a Tuma that is visited upon me from external sources, Zav is an emission, which means the Tuma comes from within. Adaraba, Tumas Meis chamer shekain Ton hazosh lishiushvi. I could say just the opposite. I could say Tumas Meis is definitely more chamer. Why? Because it requires sprinkling with the waters of Paraduman days three and seven, whereas Zav does not require that. So the Gemara says, Amr Kra, Tame, Vichal Tame, Lerabos, sorry, therefore the Pasik says Tame, the, the Pasik that the Gemara is referring to over here, we'll say is the Pasik of Shiluach. So the Gemara says, Vichal Tame, Lerabos, Tame, Sheretz. Vizav, so the Gemara says, I'm sorry, Vichal Tame, Lerabos, Tame, Sheretz. And I will say, included in this obligation of Shiluach is also going to be Tomas Sheretz. Rashi says, Rabbi Tame, Sheretz, the Shiluach, Vodanon, Ogem, Menevela. Since we're going to see that any type of tumah may result in some form of shiluach. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, V'zav chamer mitame sharet. And Zav is definitely going to be more chamer than tumah sharet. So the Gemara says, My chumri, kidaminon. Why is Zav more chamer than sharet? So as we just said before, sharet is an external tumah. Zav is an internally generated tumah. Adirabba, sharet's chamer, shekei mitame ba'ones. Well, so I could say that sharet is more chamer. Why? Well, this is actually very interesting. In general, we say that, that a Zav, a person only becomes uh, Tommy from a Zav emission if it's not Ba'onis. The Rabbi say Ba'onis in this context mean as a result of some type of external stimulus. So for example, let's say a person becomes afraid or the person says they jump and as a result, ultimately again, they experience this type of emission that doesn't generate Tumah. So interestingly enough, Tumas Sheretz is even Ba'onis, even outside circumstances against your will. But Tumas Zav does not generate that type of Tumah. Ki Gavna. To Amsam Zainam Adeis. So the Gemara says, Zav Nami Tumuye Mitami Ba'onis. No, not necessarily. Ultimately, again, Zav, Rashi points out, verified by Re'iyah Rishona. Zav could even become Tame as a result of external stimuli. Kid Rav Huna. Dram Rav Huna. Re'iyah Rishona. Shazam Mitami Ba'onis. Fine. Say for both because again, the accordance with the opinion of Rav Huna. Because of Huna holds it, Allah said that the Re'iyah Rishona. Remember again, the first emission by Azov could potentially even create Toma Ba'onis. Beautiful. Says the Gemara. My Chumri de So we'll say, why? So now remember, we're creating a hierarchy, right? And in our hierarchy, if we go from least severe to most severe, least severe to Masmeis, again, I will say, I want to qualify that. You know that there are forms of Toma that are even less severe than Toma Sheres, Toma Savila. But in the major three, if we go from least to most, least severe to most severe, we've got Tomas Meis, Zav, Metzorah. Tomas Meis, Zav, Metzorah. We've already explained why Zav is more Hummer ultimately than Tomas Meis. Because Tomas Meis is generated externally, whereas Zav is generated internally. Fine. I will say continuing, my why is, why is Metzorah considered to be more Hummer than Zav? Shekin Tar Priya Uprima. Because I will say, by Metzorah, what's Talacha? The Mitzorah has to allow his clothing 
or first has to allow his hair to grow. He doesn't cut his hair, he allows his hair to grow wildly, and he tears his clothing. And ultimately, he is forbidden in marital relations. So I will say, these are strictures that apply to, to Mitzorah, that do not apply to Zav. Agrav, I can say just the opposite. Zav Chomer, Shekei Metame Mishkav Moshev. Zav could be more Chomer, why I will say? Because it's Tame Mishkav Moshev. I'll say, remember again, what's Mishkav Moshev? If a Zav sits on top of something, Anything that supports the weight of a Zav ultimately becomes Tameh, even if the Zav is not directly touching it. So also remember again, the classic case of this is imagine you have a pile of 10 cushions. The Zav sits on the top one. So obviously, again, he's coming in direct contact with the top cushion, but all of the bottom line cushions are Tameim as well. So Zav has his Mishkav Moshe. Furthermore, again, Metamekli Cheres Behesit. Furthermore, again, if a Zav, if a Zav, directly moves, even if he doesn't touch a klicheres, he conveys tumah to the klicheres. So I'll say, those are pretty significant forms of tumah that apply to a zav that do not apply in other contexts. Amrikra, zav v'chol zav, the rabbos Valkari. To which the Gemara says, interestingly enough, so the Gemara is pointing out that each of them have their own chumras. The Gemara says, it could have just said zav. Why does it say v'chol zav? V'chol comes to include another form of tumah. What's the other form of tumah? I'll say, Balkari. A man who experiences a seminal emission. And a Mitzorah is considered to be more Chamer than a Balkari. Why is that? That's as we said before. Because ultimately, again, the Mitzorah has Priya Uprima. Right? The Mitzorah has to allow his hair to grow. He has to tear his clothing. Therefore, again, that's more Chamer than Balkari. The Mars Adrabal. Balkari Chamer. I could say that Balkari is more Chamer. Why? Because what's very interesting. When it comes to Tumas Keri, even any amount of a seminal emission is enough to go ahead. In other words, any amount of zera that comes out is enough to go ahead and render an individual tame. So the Gemara says, "Sarvalek Rab Nasan, Dam Rab Nasan, Omer Mishum Rabbi Shmuel, Zov Tzarech Kechasimas Pia Amo." The Rabbos say here you have Rabbi Nasan said in Rabbi Shmuel that Allah Chalamaisa a zov only becomes tame if there is if there is enough of an emission to cover the opening of the Makomila, the area from where the emission occurs. So the Gemara says, furthermore, furthermore, and ultimately, but the Chum disagreed, and Balkari is compared to Zav, so at least according to this particular opinion, the same way that the Balkari, excuse me, the same way that the Zav requires a shear, requires a certain amount of emission in order to become Tameh, that same Halach or that same shear will apply by Balkari as well. So the Gemara says, V'chol tzaru alamali. So why does the Pasuk have to say V'chol tzaru? Why doesn't it just say tzaru? Why V'chol tzaru? Aidi dechsiv kolzov, ksiv nami kol tzaru. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, it's just textual symmetry. The same way that it says kol tzaru, ultimately again, it's kolzov as well. Rabbi Huda, Shaper, Kam Rabbi Shimon. So we'll say, I, Rabbi, according to Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon's saying good, right? Rabbi Shimon's, his, his retort is good. You know, you require that phrase for something else. Listen to this incredible case. What happens if that, so remember, what did we establish on Amadalif? We established on Amadalif that Allah said, the concept that the tzibor is permitted to go ahead and offer up carbon Pesach in a state of Tumah applies to who? Mm. Applies to who? Or applies to what? Tumas Meis. 
and Tumas Mace only. It does not apply to other forms of Tumas. Well, say, imagine the following scene. What happens if Halokha Lamaisa, 51% of Klaal Yisrael is Tameh? 51% is Tameh. Ultimately, they're offering up Karb in a state of Tumah. And I'll say, who bursts through the door? The Zavin, the Mitzorain. And they come into Machana Levia. They come into the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. So Yahu and you might have thought that they would be Chayiv. Ultimately, again, for violating their expulsion, for violating their quarantine. So the Gemara says, Tamad Lomar, Bishalchu Minamachana, Kol Tsarua, Vechol Zav, Vechol Tamela Nefesh. Therefore, the Pasik says, You shall send out of the camp any Tsarua, any Zav, and anyone who has Tumas Mace, Tamela Nefesh. Both say this is incredible. Bishashet Me Mace Mishtalchin, at a time when those who have Tumas Mace are sent out of the camp, Zavin Umitsarua in Mishtalchin. Then Zavin Umitsarua are sent out as well. But if there is no obligation of Shiluach, ultimately again by Tomas Meis, then what? Then Ein Zavin Mishtalchin. Then Zavin Umitzarah is sent out as us. We'll say, this is a mind-blowing limud, an absolutely mind-blowing limud. So I want to be clear. What we are suggesting over here is the concept of Shiluach, of expulsion, is an all-or-nothing halacha. See, either everyone is subject to expulsion or no one is subject to expulsion. So therefore you have you, this very unique situation where you have 51% of Klaal Yisrael in a state of Tomas Meis, which means you could offer up carbon Pesach in a state of Tomas And as we said before, who is permitted to eat the carbon and offer up the carbon under those circumstances? Who? Who? Only those who have contracted Tomas Meis. So only they could eat it. But yet the Gemara says, if the Zavar HaMetzarayim were to enter into the Beis HaMikdash, although they are not permitted to partake, of the carbon, they would not be in violation of Shiluach. They would not be in violation of the tenets of their expulsion. Because again, since in that situation now, those who are Tami Tumas Meis are not subject to expulsion. Because ultimately 51% are already Tami Tumas Meis. Those other groups are not subject to expulsion as well. Both an incredible Gemara. We'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up a little bit more with this Amir Tashem tomorrow.